You're listening to the Career Coach Podcast, bringing you information, lived experiences and all-round career conversation. Welcome to another episode of the Career Coach Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone, 2021. If you're listening today, that means you made it. So congratulations. And also, I just want to say, you know, I'm coming into this new year with a positive mindset, bigger and better, going to be speaking to some amazing guests, bringing you all the gems all the empowerment, encouragement and inspiration that you need to make your 2021 great. So also, I just want to acknowledge the current situation of the pandemic and just to give some words of encouragement to anybody. Myself, I experienced COVID firsthand and uh, had a positive result. But and it was a bit of a rocky Christmas and New Year. But, you know, we give God thanks. We are here better, stronger and If for any reason you're going through anything right now, maybe you've lost your job, things are a bit hectic, they're not exactly how you wanted to enter your new year, I just want to say to you, keep going. It's all about our mindset. Have faith in yourself and your abilities and let's continue to progress towards those goals. Like life will happen, challenges will happen, but it's how we perceive those situations and how we're going to come out on the other side. So as always, you guys know how it goes. I am joined by a special guest. So today I would like to welcome to the show Mr. J.O.T. himself, Jeffrey. Uh, I thought he was about to preach at the beginning. I was waiting for the scriptures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was waiting for the scriptures to start rolling and rolling. (laughs) No, you know, you have to just give people a bit of word of encouragement, especially with 100 percent 2020 was a crazy year. So just wanna um also share sometimes, you know, so easy to make things look amazing online and sounds great, but behind closed doors, we're all going through different things. So definitely, definitely. Yeah. So welcome to the show. My first guest of 2021 and also my first male guest. Oh, come on. I'm setting the trend. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So the first of many, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, no, there'll be more. There'll be more. My friends are going to my friends are going to pass through now. My friends okay, are going to call cool. my friends to pass through. That's good. So we're going to bring people more gems, more amazing podcast interviews this year. So do you want to just introduce yourself and what you do exactly? OK, um, so my name is Jeffrey Osei-Tutu. Um, the owner of Job Photography, the UK. Well, I'm based in London, London based um, photographer. That's just a little, a little bit about myself. Um, I've been doing photography for about 11 years now. Wow. Um, yeah, it's been a journey, I'm not going to lie. Yes, yeah, so I've been doing it for about 11 years, um, kind of like professionally. And yeah, it's, it's just a small bit about me. I'm, I'm sure we're going to dive in a bit later. Yeah. I know you've got many questions for me. Definitely. So can you just like take me back? How did you first get into photography? Because I know me and you, we met at uni and I believe yeah. at the time, was you doing animation or graphics or something of that nature? Yeah. So when we when we met back at uni, I was doing a multimedia. So it was like web okay. design, animation, graphics, a bit of music production. But funny enough, we never touched on like photography. Mm. Um, but photography is something that I've like had a keen interest since boy, from from a young age. I think probably probably about eight eight years mm. uh, when I was the age of eight my aunt brought me a Fisher Price toy camera I still have it actually oh really um, yeah yeah I still have it it's a Fisher Price toy camera so I started with that started taking pictures with that and it kind of just kind of grew from then mm. um, but I kind of put it to the side for a little while until one day I was at a wedding that my friend was shooting his name's Adebay Deru and 
he was like, oh, he's left something in the car. He set the camera. All I have to do is, if anything happens, just press this button. And I was like, yeah. oh, no, I used to take pictures before, back in the day. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, don't worry, I've got it. So he had gone out for like five minutes and I documented like everything that had happened. Mm. So he came back and was like, rah, you actually know how to take pictures. And I was like, yeah, I used to do it like years back. And he was like, no, I should get back into it. So he was the one who kind of like pushed me to, to get back into it. So, yeah. And um, so when did you start taking it really seriously then straight away from that point? Or did you, was you still kind of in an arm in whether to, how to go was, about it? I was, um, I was kind of dabbling mm-hmm. in it. The reason being is at the time, I mean, uni, photography gear is very expensive. And I was trying to concentrate on like web development and IT um, stuff rather than the photography stuff. But after I finished my degree, I, I couldn't get a job. Mm. So I was just looking everywhere for work. Um, I don't know if you had the similar thing. Yeah, because the, the market had crashed. Yeah, at the time. that's when the market yeah. had crashed. So there was literally no work. And I was just looking around for work. So he was like, oh, get into photography. So I literally, the little money that I'd saved is what I used to, to buy my first camera. Mm. And uh, it kind what of. What camera was that? I think they back in the day, it was, it was an import from China. Okay. Um, same, same Canon camera, but. Yeah. The China names are different to the UK okay. names. It was like a Rebel TX5 or something like that. It, was, it cost me about, I think, about £800. Wow. That's still a yeah. lot of money. It, trust me. Yeah. And I was telling my mama, I, I was telling my mama, I'm buying the camera for 800 She said, Are you mad? <laughs> £800. Do you know what you can do? And I was Especially like, when no, you're mom, not working. Please. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So, yeah, I eventually bought it from eBay. Mm. Um, took a little while to come from China, but. Yeah, that was my first camera and I started to use that to just take pictures here and there. Like I started walking around town taking pictures until I got like doing like small birthday parties and stuff like that. So was you putting your pictures up on, was that Facebook or anything? Because I think IG was yeah, yeah, yeah. times, was it? Yeah, so I was using Facebook and then a, another friend of mine um, had a, it's like a photographer's blog page called um, okay. Shutter Chance. Okay. Like, so he kind of set that up before um, all of this picture stuff took off. Mm. Him and a couple of friends. It was called Shutter Chance. So we was all just uploading one or two pictures here and there. And that was kind of like our photography community. Yeah. And you just mentioned about doing like small birthdays and stuff. So at that time, was you starting to charge people? Or was you just doing it more for the. <laughs> I wish I was charging. Um, <laughs> it was more, more sort of, I want to get out there. And the only way to get out there is to. Um, it was free work, I won't lie. I was doing free work. And then it wasn't until after people started seeing the quality of work that yeah, I had to now review myself and say, yo, how am I going to make money from this if I want to take it seriously? Because my parents and friends were seeing it like I was deep into this photography thing. So what's the next step? And to try and make money from it was the next step was to, I started doing, okay, pay for my travel to get to the, to the job. And then I started building upon that. So after they started paying, then pay me a rate. Like it wasn't per hour. Yeah. Just pay me like a rate. So maybe it might have been £100 for the job. And then yeah. obviously, but it's long. Don't get me wrong. It's long because you may be there for like five hours. It's £100 or, mm. yeah. It's just like building blocks um, to get to to where, where I am now. Yeah. And um, which is really important actually, because again, like, especially with how things sometimes 
us like they seem online people think that they can just literally jump from oh I've got this great idea and then tomorrow it's like within a, a year or even two years people just think they're gonna have like that success if yeah, they yeah. even get to two years because even now sometimes it's a struggle to get through like a couple of months being consistent yeah. so yeah, yeah it can't be it can be quite difficult so like what do you specialize in specifically or if you do have a specialism in your photography work my main I would say probably about 85% bulk of work is weddings. I, I am known as a wedding photographer, mm-hmm. but COVID has shut down every wedding. Yeah. Um, I mean, this year I've shot, well, no, sorry, last year, 2020, I shot four weddings out of 23. Wow. I shot seven funerals. So it just, it just goes yeah. to show you like, how things have changed but I've kind of adapted to the change so Mm -hmm. from not doing weddings no more I started focusing more on my portrait photography so like more studio work um, family pictures and very very small birthdays very very small birthdays and yeah it just that's that's my that's what I specialize in mainly it's mainly weddings but you have to adapt to the season that we're in yeah definitely I think that's um the key right now to survival in this pandemic did you get to a stage where weddings were like oh actually I really like doing this work or did it just kind of like happen no well I mean as I was telling you earlier on uh, my friend Adebayo who's he's a wedding photographer himself he obviously brought me in like in the wedding scene as well Mm -hmm. um so it's definitely important to obviously have like like mentors and friends um, to help you build yourself up. Um, and I just thank God for like him um, Adebayo, yeah. and my other friend Shegun. He's another great photographer and Jude Elakija. Like these three people are the, the guys who've helped build me up. So yeah, they're the, the guys who've kind of trained me, nurtured me and, and brought me up. Yeah. And so like you talked about your business. When did that actually start taking shape? Like was you just doing freelance in the beginning and then as things adapted, you decided to say, yeah, like actually let me form a company. Yeah. So once I saw that it started becoming like a very serious thing, Mm -hmm. I decided to register a company. It wasn't job photography at the time, by the way. Okay. It was job multimedia solutions because I wanted to fuse it in with what I studied at uni. Yeah. I didn't want that to go by the wayside because I actually done my master's as well to try and get work, but I still didn't get work. What did you um, do your master's in? It was multimedia again, okay, but like okay, a, okay. A, a deeper dive into it. So mm-hmm. I still didn't get a job in that. So I, w- I actually wanted to try and fuse the photography with the multimedia as- aspect together mm-hmm. and start a, like a multimedia solution um, company, but it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I guess God had, God had his plan. So yeah, I started charging... When did I start charging? Probably like, I started charging properly probably like three years into me owning Multimedia Solutions mm-hmm. properly. I had like an hourly rate, I think it was like £75 per hour or something like that. And and it kind of grew and scaled from then. And then I changed, I got rid of the Multimedia Solutions part and just called it Drop Photography. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I'd done that in 2015. Okay. Yeah. That's when I tr- transformed the name to job photography. So it's been a process then, really, because that's what a good couple of oh, years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been definitely been a long a long process, a, a long journey, but a great journey mm. at the same time. And so, like, obviously, we're talking about business, and business requires finance. So at that stage, mm. you're not working. 
like as in you're working for yourself so it's like self-employment which is work can come and go and it can you know be quite quiet and stuff how yeah. are you financing your business so when I first started the little savings that I had mm. is what I pumped into like buying equipment I mean photography if you, if you know anything about photography it's very expensive like the lenses can cost more than the actual the camera bodies mm-hmm. um so I at one point I wanted a lens which was like 2200 wow yeah <laughs> um yeah it's it's very expensive so back in the day there was like a business startup loan scheme okay um so i took a loan of about i think it was about five and a half thousand pounds to buy like my photography gear and that's how i built up my equipment and stuff yeah. like that in terms of growing the business Another element of, of it is being able to have a team maybe because as work obviously increases, you might not be able to be multiple places at once and stuff like that. Has that been a factor in your business Like you needed to employ people? I've tried to like, see with photography, a lot of people like to do the shooting aspect of photography. Mm-hmm. But then there's the after aspect, which is having to edit the images. And that's the part a lot of people don't like. So they'll shoot it and they don't like to edit um, I've tried outsourcing work to like other companies, but they never get the look and feel of how I shoot and edit. Yeah. So at the moment it is just me, but when I do have like weddings and stuff, I always call on a second shooter, which are my friends that I mentioned, um, the Judeis, the Adebayos, the Sotus, mm. to come and help me on the gig. And it's like vice versa. So yeah, we, yeah. Always, we always help each other out. I, I am thinking about, you know scaling it I'm trying to find someone to nurture and and bring up but that's another thing that I'm looking at and so with the editing then how have you developed that skill did your uni courses help you or is that just something you've had to like learn by yourself um I went to well I've spent money in this photography <laughs> so me and me and Adebayo we actually went to a few workshops mm-hmm. I've been to one in Charleston in America that was probably like the most expensive workshop I ever went to but it was the most insightful. So if you're ever going to get into any field, always look for workshops and like invest in yourself, literally. Mm. Um, I think we spent like in dollars, like hotel flights, the course was about $6,000. Wow. Yeah. So definitely spent um, quite a bit of money and learning like photography, but they were like back in the day, they were like the top, I think they're still the top now. Mm. Um, they're called them. Um, Chrisman Studios, their photography company based in the US, like they are at the top. And what kind of things did they teach you then? So they, it was everything. So they, they're mainly wedding photographers, mm-hmm. but they have a, it's like a studio. So they've got someone who does portraits, someone who does food photography, someone who like when it comes to wedding photography, creating like very creative imagery. They've got all of that under like one umbrella. Um, yeah. So we went to learn from them. It was like a three day, like, intensive but when I say intensive it's like nine or well, eight a.m to like maybe one a.m wow for three days yeah straight and you do like practical work and then after that you become a part of their community so they've got like a Facebook page where you learn stuff from mm-hmm. from everyone but yeah it was, it's, it was it's, it was definitely needed that I went to a photography workshop yeah so it give you the confidence in your abilities yeah yeah, yeah. and they, they teach you everything business shooting editing after sales all of that stuff Uh, yeah and that's key as well I think when you think of when you're trying to set something up you just think of the product or the service that you're offering but you think of all the admin all the back-end work that takes place 
And again, if you don't have the right information and the right knowledge, often enough, we go through such complicated scenarios because yeah. we lack knowledge to be able to actually know that. And I think as well, sometimes we don't like to invest in ourselves. I try to always cut corners and think that yeah, business yeah. doesn't require a lot of money. And with social media, I think that gives the illusion that everything you can do a lot of things kind of cheaply but um it's not it's far from the truth no you at the end you always kind of you you get burnt at some point um, yeah. if you're trying to if you're trying to cut corners or i mean i've seen i've had brides say to me oh i found someone cheaper i'm like are you sure she's like yep okay i'm like okay cool they've left to go and book someone else the person has shown up on the wedding day but what they've delivered at the end of the wedding is not what they presented when they were showing them their portfolio. And they've had to come back to me. I've, I've had to reenact a whole wedding. Really? Like, a whole wedding. Like, literally. Going How from does that work? Ch- oh, listen, it's crazy. <laughs> um, literally, they, they've had to rebook the church, rebook the vicar, and then we do all the portraits again. Wow. Yeah, just to reenact it so they can, to, get- they can get imagery, which they're happy with. Yeah, yeah. Because I've looked at your stuff like over the years as well. And I just, I'm always in awe because you can, I think one thing is key that you, even if you start slow and steady, you can always see good quality versus like mediocre. And yeah. I think you have to also know that you have to take pride in your your work and your capabilities. And we need yeah. to not, especially being self-employed, you know, it can be that stage of where money hasn't come in for ages. Someone comes in mm-hmm. with a booking and you're just like, and they're if and an are in about your fee, then you're probably mm-hmm. thinking, oh, should I lower it a little bit just to get the gig? But then you have to look at what you produce and look at other, what's out in there in the market. And if they really want you, they've got to find the money. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> I mean, don't don't get me wrong. There's some people um, who've approached me and they're like, oh, I really like your work, but I can't afford it. Mm. And then I just have a conversation with them because it's not, don't get me wrong, it's not, it's not always about the money. It's if someone's been followed, like someone has followed me for years, they've told me, oh, you shot this, you shot that. Just that little, you know, you following my journey, 100% I would offer you some sort of discount. Yeah. Or, but like, you know, you genuinely can't afford it, but you value the quality of work. Yeah, I'll do something for you. Yeah. Um, 100%. That's the so, key yeah. thing in business, isn't it? Because sometimes you can, it can come across that, like people can be quite money hungry. And again, mm. I think there's something in, also being able to support someone in their time knowing that genuine as well like you just said they're genuinely following your journey they acknowledge your work they've been there it's not oh you're my friend what can you do for me that kind of thing and you know but how have you actually managed that because I'm sure you've got (laughs) you've got stories about when people come to you and say oh you know like what's going on you know (laughs) I I actually posted something on my my Instagram the other day um because I think it was yesterday actually I don't know if you've been seeing these memes going around yeah with the two uh, cartoon characters the black one yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, so there was one there was one oh can I be your friend and like I respond yeah and like oh next week's my birthday so when you're coming can you bring your camera (laughs) that scenario (laughs) <laughs> happens all the time literally mm. all the and it happens normally when obviously I, I used to work a lot on Saturdays because mm. prior, prior to this whole lockdown stuff so obviously people have their birthdays on Saturday and I told them oh no I'm going to work so I can't come oh no no just come after work because they know obviously you'll have your my, camera <laughs> I've got my camera with me yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah but now I've I had to cut all of that out because yeah it's it just becomes like a backlog of work so if it's not a booking I'm not really out with the camera like that 
Yeah, it must be awkward though, especially if you've got friendships with those people and then they're always pressing you to like do them a favor. <laughs> Listen, it is. I mean, you can do it once, but when it's continued, look, it affects you as a person because yeah. you now have to sit down. And don't get me wrong, photography, taking the pictures is probably only like 15 or 20% of the work. Yeah. You're now coming to sit down. And if I took like at a wedding, I can take maybe 3,000 to 5,000 pictures, I need to go through them one by one and now select which ones make the cut. Yeah, yeah. Which ones ones don't. So even that process alone could be like a day. So don't forget the wedding was a day. So now you've got another day of selecting. And then the editing process is like a good couple, like hours, hours. Could be like, could be on it for like two to three days. Wow, that's a lot. So people have to even take that into consideration when your pricing your service because it's not just yeah. about the day that you're there like but they, they don't see that because yeah. they only see you oh you come to the wedding you've only shot for 12 hours you're going home that's it but it, it doesn't end there you're still communicating with the client you send them sneak previews then after that when you start editing um that takes time and then you mm. might have to do it you might have to do a slideshow for them if they booked like they paid for a slideshow um, yeah, online yeah. slideshow so there's all of these factors that they don't see you like physically sitting down and working. Yeah, very time um, consuming. Literally. Yeah, and on top, if you do have people that you work with, you've got to pay them as well. There's all these yeah. So you got to pay. You got to pay your second shooter if if they book them, pay for an album. You've got to design that as well. Now send it off to print. Like, and I only do like leather bound albums, so okay. they're quite they are quite pricey, but the quality that you get is amazing. Yeah, your pictures actually come to life when you see it in a book yeah. rather than on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think nowadays it's like, I'm before, especially like when you go on holiday and stuff, like especially uni times, I had a digital camera, whereas in now, because yeah. our phones are always with us and because the quality yeah. of the cameras have improved, you yeah. just have loads of pictures, but you lose the memories because unless you go yeah. back to your phone, you know, yeah. you don't see yeah. pictures around people's houses as much, like maybe yeah. like more younger generation, like like I know my grandma and those kind of people they have pictures for days but yeah. nowadays people don't hold as many albums or pictures or frames on their wall mm. of themselves and memories which is a shame because that's the whole point of images as well for me so yeah so you've been self-employed now for 11 years I'm yep. sure you've got some stories to share so what challenges even if it's just a few because there could be many but what what were some of the main challenges that you had to experience and what words of wisdom could you give to someone else in business there's always going to be highs and lows and as long as your highs always weigh out the lows then keep pressing on mm-hmm. keep going I've had definitely had some lows where I've had um I've had some horrible clients don't get me wrong they're like oh we're gonna tarnish your name we're gonna do this we're gonna do that trust yeah I've had it all <laughs> I've I've had it all I've even had other photographers take an image from my website mm. run it through photoshop degrade the quality and show it to a potential client that which i'm trying to get the job he's trying to get the job and say oh this is the quality of work that you received are you sure you want to go ahead wow sabotage yeah. so yeah i mean like you get it all mm. um, but it's how you rise above all of that That's and how do you rise above that in that situation in the end obviously i had a one-on-one conversation with the client but the client wouldn't tell me who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I don't care. Um, the main thing was to please the client. So I showed them, look, here's some slideshows. And is this what 
my work looks like. And they're like, no. So I, I said to them, clearly, they're trying to sabotage me here, as you can see. So if that's the photographer you really want to go for, who can do such a thing like that, then, then go ahead. Then go ahead. And they didn't. So that's, that's I would say, that's one one of the key ones that um, sticks out. But I've also had a client who was like, you get like very picky clients, mm. very, very picky. I've had someone, oh, you didn't photograph the bottom of my shoe. It was red bottoms. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking yeah. up. Yeah. It was red bottoms, but the way I photographed it, you can still see and know it's red bottoms. Mm. So I was like, if that's a problem, it's not a problem. I can photograph the shoe thing. Mm. I've still done it. Like I went there, done it, and they were happy. Yeah. But, now, funny enough, that picky client has been, it's now become a friend. Okay. <laughs> like a good friend. So. Is it more the brides then? Do you get more bridezillas or the grooms can be problematic as well? The, the grooms can be as well. Yeah. Yeah, the, the grooms can be as well. Like, And if they are, they're like to the nth degree. Mm. Like, literally. They're worse. <laughs> yeah, like they can be. Mm. So, yeah. But I mean, it's it's been a great journey, the photography journey but a hard journey at the same time. So what about even like finances? Because I think that's one of the key things. When you're self-employed, you don't look forward to a set payday every month, more guaranteed. So like how have you had to handle all of that as well? I mean, I've had, when I first started out in doing this whole photography business stuff, I was advised by like, I have some great friends. They were like, you need to do a forecast. So how much do you charge for this, like weddings? birthdays studio work funerals and then list okay I want to do maybe like 15 weddings this year mm-hmm. five birthdays x amount of studio work um, and that kind of helps you to see okay this is what I want to make and when people come into photography they hear okay someone is charging 150 per hour I must charge 150 per hour mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that because my 150 per hour might not work for you as like you charging 150 per hour because you might have a mortgage which which is x and if it's not going to cover your overheads it doesn't make sense yeah so you need to like factor in all your the way i started doing it when i was pricing myself i factored in like all my bills so phone bill down to electric gas everything Mm. and then from there i built upon that so that was my personal budget that i needed to make then you've got your business budget so hosting your website stuff like going out to meet people like all all of these things like factors that you need to take into consideration so that's how I I kind of budgeted myself to come to a, a figure of what what I charge now was that using like an excel spreadsheet sort of yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. using an excel spreadsheet um but now I've got a online system which I pay a company for called studio ninja and it okay. it does all that for you or tell you how much you're gonna make um how much you made last year how much you're making this year and your how much you will make from future bookings which have been accepted so that kind of really helps to see am I in line with what I need to make for the year if not well you better get working (laughs) yeah and you know like you said about your finances and stuff what about like taxes because, you know, in the beginning, sometimes you mm. obviously start off, you might not register and stuff like that. But then once you do register, was you doing all of that yourself or did you get an accountant to help you? Yeah, no. So luckily, like this this is where having good close friends helped. So mm. my accountant, I shot his wedding. Okay. Uh, 
So yeah, basically he helps to do my accounts and he, he has a, a, a business other than accountancy. So I just said, said to him, look, exchange is not robbery. Like yeah. <laughs> you help me with my accounts. I hope you shoot your products. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he so he does all my accounts. He's a great guy. Emmanuel is a great guy. That's actually um, a good um, phrase, actually. Yeah. Say that again. Say it again. Ex- exchange is not robbery. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, Emmanuel. Yeah. Currency. So he, he helps me. He helps me do my accounts. And I, at first, I was, don't get me wrong, I was just winging it. Mm. I was like, forget the accountant. But then when you want to start scaling and doing stuff, and people want to see, okay, how much did you make? Where's your turnover, your tax and all of that stuff? You have to provide these things. Yeah. Like if you want to get a mortgage and, and stuff like that, you need these are like things that you need to provide. And if you don't have it, yeah. you can have all the money in the bank, but your mortgage lender is going to say, hey, like, <laughs> wait, where's the where's the documentation? Yeah, you need those receipts. So, so, yeah. so you definitely need that, yeah. And then even in regards to like just the, have you ever had a moment where you're like, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to make enough or I haven't made enough. And what kind of, you know, how have you been able to overcome that? There's once and there's one time, I think it was 2019. Yeah. 2019. It got to like March and I, I didn't really have that many bookings for the year. Mm. And then all of a sudden I started getting work. And then I've always vowed not to do three weddings back to back because it yeah. is so draining on the body. Mm-hmm. And in April of that year, I had three weddings and then no, I had two weddings. And the third person was like, I, I want you so bad. I want you to shoot. I was like, I can't, I can't because I'd have to travel from Essex to Wales. Wow. And I was like, I can't do it. She was like, no, just do it, please, please. We, would, we even try and postpone the, like, the start of the wedding a bit because they've given her the venue to like 5 a.m. Okay. It's like I was like, no, I can't do it. Then I spoke to my mentor and he's like, Are you crazy? And I was like, why? He's like, you have to do it. <laughs> and funny enough, my mentor was in Wales at that time. So he was like, I'll help you second shoot it. Tell the woman you're gonna do it. Wow. And don't get me wrong, I got to the third wedding. So it was like a two and a half hour drive from Essex to Wales. Mm-hmm. I even slept in my car for like an hour. Really? <laughs> I won the, yeah, a lay-by station and then continued. I got there like 3 a.m. and then we started the wedding around 8 o'clock. Mm. But I mean, you've, you will find the energy. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah. You, the energy will come from somewhere and you'll just pick yourself up and, and, and shoot it. Mm. Yeah, so. But what are like the pros of being self-employed for you then? Time. I mean, I can take on what I want to take on if I want to block out time for work to go traveling or see family I can do that and I really I'm someone who's re- my family's scattered all over the world so mm. I really like to spend time with them whether it be in Ghana America Canada or Europe so yeah it's just the time factor you can like if I have kids now I can drop them to school come yeah. back do my work and get on with it use that time whilst they're at school to just do um, do my work so it's, it allows you to be very flexible mm-hmm. extremely flexible yeah, so you was talking about in the beginning that, you know, you couldn't find work. Do you think in hindsight, if that circumstances hadn't happened, would you have aspired to work for yourself? Like, did you have that notion in your mind? You're that listening actually, to I the Career Coach Podcast, bringing nope. you information. I would, do you know what I actually wanted to do? An all-round career I wanted conversation. To, my dream job was to work in Canary Wolf, which is like... Opposite Greenwich. <laughs> opposite was... where I live in Greenwich. Um, yeah. That like... You come out of uni, you see Canary Wolf. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to work there one day. I'm going to work one day. I think we I all still, like that, actually. I, literally, I still want a taste of that um, 
that type type of I don't think you're life. missing out, man. I don't think that commute and all the hustle and bustle. I don't think you're missing out. I've never done it. Literally, never ever done it. And I've always wanted to taste that type of um, working lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so I did work in a school doing. I was at IT tech, but that wasn't. That was like a contract, which was three months. Um, so yeah, I've never had that 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 working that taste of commuting, working in the office, and stuff like that see for me it was the bipolar opposite because i did business studies and then we had that entrepreneurship yeah. module and from the get-go i was like nah i need to work for myself but so, it just never progressed like that straight away for me but it yeah. was always a frustration because deep down i'm like i just don't deal with working under people's routines the whole getting up mm. when because someone tells you you have to be at your desk at nine o'clock and all yeah. that kind of stuff so i've kind of been anti the working system although i coach but I'm still very much, uh, I'm pro, if you can try and do little side hustles or things on your own to give you yeah. more autonomy of your time, I'm all for it. I think with, with the whole, like, working in, like, maybe corporate and stuff like that, the main reason that I was trying to get into it was the mm. security. Like, yeah. I know at the end of the month, guaranteed paycheck. Mm. Um, whereas this one, you, you I could have a month where it's extremely dry mm. and then... So at one point, September became the new August for weddings. Like September was like maybe three in a week, but scattered over separate days. So in September, you, you could get a bulk of your, your bookings, maybe like 12 in one month. So, yeah, I mean, working for myself has has, has, has worked out to be good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely for me, just like seeing your journey over the years from afar as well just like always being in awe because I'm always in, in awe of someone that's able to sustain themselves self-employed yeah. for years as well not just like oh I've started a project then next time you speak to them oh yeah I'm back at work now like you know when you actually speak to someone and they've been consistent there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot to like be inspired by because it's not easy like it's so e- it's so much easier to clock off at the end of the day and go home and know that work is work and now you're home you just turn off you get one yeah, switch yeah. off but when you're your own boss like like you said you yes you've got autonomy of your time but again your time's not necessarily nine to five it could be one in the morning you're doing editing or something like yeah, that yeah, so yeah. i mean yeah as i my the way i work i can't really function editing like to do my editing during the day mm. so i'll do my i might do my emails and all of that other stuff do like my instagram posts i'll do all of that during the day yeah come like maybe like nine ten at night that's when i'll start editing and i can do it to like six in the morning mm. that's when i'm more like productive um, yeah. per se and i think that shows as well that you enjoy what you're doing because when you can do stuff like that and it doesn't yeah. even feel like a weight on your shoulders it just shows yeah. that you're you're living in your talents you're in your gifts that god has given you you know so yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always say like when it comes to like some people like oh, i don't know what my passion is I always ask them, what would you do for free? That's where your passion lies. Mm. Um, so, I mean, obviously I started photography, I started doing it for free. And I was so into it that I wasn't even thinking about the money. Yeah, yeah. And then the money came later. So, yeah. And just before we go into like um, giving advice for someone that wants to start off in photography, what was you what were you doing to like market yourself? Obviously word of mouth is one thing, but did you spend money on like a website kind of quite early social media what was you doing to get the word out there um i think most of my stuff was like facebook predominantly mm. and after facebook it was instagram okay then from instagram i did do a website and i started doing um so i started blogging like 
the stuff that I photographed. Mm-hmm. So if it, if it was like a park shoot, I'll blog it. If it was like a wedding, I'll blog it and stuff like that. So I started, yeah, I, I would say Facebook, Instagram, and then my the blog is what kind of brought the engagement. Yeah, and was you paying for marketing or was it just like you just posting normally? I was just I was just posting, so there wasn't no um, no backing of funds in, yeah. into the marketing aspect. Marketing but, but now, that's what I'm, I'm I'm looking to do now. I'm revamping my website at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a marketing um, guy who's helping me out to really market it well and do the SEO and the keywords. Yeah, and stuff all the like things that. that weren't really important back in the day. Listen, so, <laughs> so like as you grow, like. The money is still going up. <laughs> you got to pay for all of these things to be done. Yeah, definitely. So, like, I've seen on your IG, like, over the years, you uh, had the opportunity and the privilege to shoot some some famous names. So, I know recently, last year, was it last year you did um, David O? I believe with his engagement. The year, year before that. Oh, year before. Um, yeah. Yeah. The so how how that. is that when you? Like you find out that the person that you're going to shoot is actually famous. Like, what does that feel like? You no, know, funny enough, I wasn't like, don't get me wrong. When I first started photography and I was, I was shooting, I got more nervous at shooting proposals mm. than shooting weddings. Okay. So I think that kind of built me up to like, and there were some weddings where some celebrities would pass through and sing and leave. Yeah. So like I'd seen like celebrities, so I wasn't, it got to a point I wasn't phased by them. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm there to do a job. So it's better that you document the job well than to be like starstruck and just stand yeah. there with your camera. Yeah. That's not what you're there for. So, yeah, when I got the David O job, it was through his lawyer. Um, he booked me to shoot the proposal. Did he and find you online or was that a recommendation? No, nah, it's, it's it's God, you know. Um, it's, it's definitely God. It's where I was at the specific time. So my friend was shooting David O's lawyer's son's, basically we're doing a studio shoot for his his little son. Um, He was just born at the time. And then he saw, funny enough, my laptop was open. I was editing in the studio and he saw some of my my images because I'm my desktop. I've got my work scrolling through like some Mm. of my images. And he saw it and was like, oh, wow, did you shoot that? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I need you tomorrow. I was like, tomorrow for what? And it's like, David's proposing to Choma. I was like, what? I was like, yeah. Wow. So it was just like that. So being at the right place at the right time. That um, is my prayer for 2021, boy. Uh, it shall be your portion. It shall Amen. be your portion. Um, so yes, yeah, literally being at the right place at the right time that I got mm. that. And from that, I landed um, shooting his, David O's son's um, baby pictures. Mm. So his baby images. So everyone was like, oh, what does the baby look like? It's like, I'm not sure. I tell you, yeah, that's a privilege, not, man. Yeah, literally, I'd, for someone to come and take a picture, and then I'm in trouble. Yeah, so, <laughs> some lawsuit on your back, no way. Listen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want that thirty billion gang to come look at me. So yeah, I've shot David O. When I've shot the Ghana Independence um, Ceremony mm-hmm. um, in Ghana, where you've got like a lot of high-profile presidents from Africa mm-hmm. coming through. Even uh, what's this? What's the old president of Zimbabwe? Uh, Mugabe. He was there. Oh, really? Yeah, I've actually got oh. a picture of him. I've got funny enough. I've got a picture of him sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was there and he was he was conked. He was oh, sleeping. <laughs> um, so I've got a picture of him. Also shot with Adebayo, the Sierra Leone president's daughter's wedding. So these are like 
they're, they're all milestones that I'm truly grateful to God for being able yeah, to Because you've been travelling around for some years now, isn't it? Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. I've done um, quite a bit of travelling. I, I would say the most, like, the place that I enjoy shooting the most, the two places, are Lake Como and Nice. In, in the summer months are really nice to shoot in. That must be so amazing though to be able to travel and work and, and have those experiences but do you ever get homesick and tired or do you just think nah this is part of the job? Funny funny enough in all the years that I've been shooting it's only during the COVID period I was like I'm, I'm actually happy to be home because mm. there's one year like every month I was out of the country Mm. every month maybe i fly in in the same day you're flying back out so wow. you don't even yeah you don't come home you just literally jump from one plane to another so yeah the covid period was like 2020 i was, I was actually happy that i'm not traveling yeah so what kind of tips and advice would you give to someone then that's starting off in photography i would say what would i say i get this question ask this question all the time practice makes perfect is key always shoot and shoot like abstracts off if you see something outside shoot it um, and you don't always have to have your camera with you an iphone this iphone i have an iphone 5 and if you've seen what i've shot on the iphone 5 people say no nah, you've used your camera jeffrey you're lying you're lying i'm like no i had it everyone know if you like if you know me i had an iphone 5 for years mm. and everyone was like a whole photographer like you what are you doing with that toy <laughs> no it's a good phone if you know how to use it then you're good yeah. so yeah your phone is probably like if if you can't afford a camera start with your phone and mm-hmm. then that way um just shoot with your phone you you can do great stuff with your mobile phone mm-hmm. and then just build upon it once you feel like okay i want to buy a camera now shoot with your camera learn the whole settings there's a heap of stuff a whole heap of stuff on youtube and also find yourself a mentor mm-hmm. um it's very, very, very important to find yourself a mentor. When things are not going well in business or like you're stuck with something, you've got someone there that you can kind of ask for like help and advice. Yeah. So yeah, it's really key to kind of find yourself a mentor. Or if it's not a mentor, like group yourself with other photographers and just speak to them about, okay, I shot this image. What do you think of it? And get them to critique your work. Yeah. It's yeah. the only way you're going to grow is finding like these little mistakes within your your imagery yeah and another thing that i would say is find your own style a lot of photographers want to be like so they just want to be a bad copy of somebody's negative and just doesn't work Mm. just find your own style and stick to it yeah so if you see my work now it's all i like colors yeah 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 yeah. your stuff's really vibrant very yeah very vibrant and sharp and vibrant sharp and clean yeah they're they're the main three things that i don't like to see clutter in my imagery and stuff like that so just find your own style and work work on it and i'm i'm here as well if if anybody's listening to this i'm here to give my two pence and help you out that's one of my at the end i'll definitely um get you to tell us your your yeah i mean that's one from for 2021 i'm trying to look for maybe two or three people to kind of help um with photography Mm. I've got two about their age because like you know sometimes when you get no. to, like over 20 odd people forget about you this is always a, aimed at the young ones would you be happy to mentor someone that's mature and the, even yeah, yeah I've got my my friend her uncle who's like 50 something he's interested in photography so I'm just going to start some training and training mm. tips and advice with him so I mean the only way that I can learn more is to give back and through the questions that I get asked 
I'm gonna be like, oh wow, I don't know this. Let me go and learn it and come back to you and yeah. stuff like that. So that's the only way you're gonna learn. Mm-hmm. And just rounding up, when you reflect back on your journey so far, is there any moments that you just think, wow, like I can't believe that I was part of that? Anything that sticks out in particular? It it would probably have to be the trip to Sierra Leone. That one was it, it was mind blowing. Mm. Um, it was mind blowing. They told us initially because. It was the president's daughter. Everything was under wraps until like last minute. Mm. They told us they're getting married at this hotel. They're having, I think they said at first, like 300 guests. So they even lied to us. <laughs> it was 1,500. What? Yeah. That's a big wedding. Huge. Wow. So we're like, 1,500 can't fit into this hotel. So we called them. We called Sierra Leone. We said, like, your room, how many people can it take? It said 150. So we were like, how the hell are these people so we thought we thought it was a scam at first that people were trying to basically send money to our account and fund it through you know and then we're like so we called the woman was like can you just be clear with us because we've called the hotel and eventually she was just clear with us to say all right i'm the president's daughter i'm getting married he's having all his friends come it's a thousand five hundred guests and we're like okay (laughs) we're gonna need to go back to the drawing because two of us can't document 1,500. Yeah. So we landed in Sierra Leone and within 24 hours, we was able to pull in like three photographers from all over the world. Wow. Yeah. Some from Nigeria, another guy from London. And yeah. Yeah. Cause the price would have to go up when it like the whole setup is different. It's not even like, like, oh wow, it's the president's daughter. We need to charge like mm. 25,000, 30,000 pound now. Mm. No, it wasn't even that. It was the case of we want to do this and let's do it well. Cause yeah, obviously, yeah. It's stuff like this is going to end up in the newspaper. It's going to mm-hmm. end up here. It's going to end up there. And it's your name on it. So we now had to just call in other people in. It was, it was challenging, but we made it happen. Yeah, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So there was, there's that. And uh, my friend Jude had a job in Nigeria. The owner of the bank there, he was stepping down. And he was like, he wants to have a big party. And he called Mariah Carey to come and and sing for him oh really yeah, yeah, yeah so that that was a good one as well yeah yeah did you get it to wasn't... like be up and close and get some good pictures no Mara Carey's terms and conditions were only her photographers allowed to take pictures oh wow okay but did that happen my lips are sealed <laughs> what happens in Nigeria stays in Nigeria <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah oh that's yeah. So, so yeah they're, they're the I would say the they're probably like the milestones that I've I've definitely definitely had in shot. And then obviously with the current state of the pandemic, COVID, you know, we pray and we're hopeful for things to change, but we're not guaranteed as and when. What what is that gonna mean for your business going forward for this year? Like what kind of ways have you had to adapt with your thinking and your the way you, you know, promote your services and stuff? I mean, as I was saying before, I've I've had to adapt to the season that we're in. So mm. I was focusing on, on portraits, so doing like more studio work. Okay, yeah. Whereas I know we're in a lockdown now, but once it starts to ease, I can start doing more outdoor shoots in parks. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. And I'm actually trying to do a project. I'm trying to see if I can do it this year, but we'll see. I wanted to shoot 365 faces. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so different scenarios, different places, doctors, lawyers, teachers cleaners mm. everything and with that have a little bio with your your story of mm. either how 
the lockdowns affected you um like your work and stuff like that so i'm trying to do that and i want to also do an exhibition which is based around africa so yeah, i've you're amazing. i've been i've been taking pictures on that for about five years mm. so would that be a physical exhibition do you yeah know? yeah yeah so that will be here at some point just trying to find the space to do it in and um, from that, I will sell prints and then a portion of the money will go back to the needy in various countries. Mm. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I look forward to seeing that. Maybe I'll be part of it. Hint, hint. <laughs> don't, 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 I'll, I'll give you a print to put up on your, on your wall. Yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully, God willing, I'm around. I'll, yeah. um, I'd love to come and see that because I love exhibition. Definitely, definitely. I need to take your portrait at some point. Yeah, so. when I'm looking a lot better, my eyebrows and stuff are done because in this <laughs> lockdown, it's hard Sorry. to keep up. The lockdown's appearances. only for a small season. Yeah, Sorry, it's just a small season. We'll be out of it in yeah. Jesus' name. So definitely. So before we end, where can people find you actually? Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at Jot Photography. That's at J-O-T Photography, um, which is mainly like my wedding stuff. And if you want to see like portraits and just stuff which interests me, it's my full name, which is Jeffrey Osei Tutu. It's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. And the surname is O-S-E-I Tango Uniform, Tango Uniform. Mm -hmm. And also if you want to book me, it's www.jot.com jotphotography.com amazing amazing so guys you've heard it here some amazing gems to start our 2021 it's been great as normal if you are someone that's looking for career coaching and you want to discuss your career goals for the new year you can find me at it's cc podcast or at www careercoachme.co.uk so don't forget to subscribe to all known streaming platforms and until next time guys it's been great happy new year happy new year